Christian Parenting. Here is a comment that reached us from a listener by the name of Kim. She says, this podcast, Paradox, uh, is so practical and encouraging. I have three boys ages five, three, and two, and some days I just feel so lost when it comes to parenting. This is one of my favorite resources. That's a real mom who's been impacted by this show. Someone who is likely in the exact same shoes that you're in, realizing that it's not about being a perfect parent, but being a parent who trusts in a perfect Heavenly Father. Did you know that this show is brought to you in part by our friends and partners over at ChristianParenting.org? They're reaching over a half million parents every month with this podcast, as well as others, offering practical help and spiritual guidance to parents just like you. Because of the Christian Parenting Podcast Network, we're able to reach people like Kim on a weekly basis with encouragement that might just help them take that pivotal next step in their parenting journey. So today, if you have been impacted by this podcast, we're asking you to make a donation to Christian Parenting to reach more people like Kim. Christian Parenting is 100% donor-funded and relies on listeners like you to support the future creation of parenting resources. If you've enjoyed this show, please consider giving today. And when you give today at www.cpgive.org, your gift will be double thanks to a generous donor stepping forward with a $10,000 matching grant. That means your $20 becomes $40, your $50 donation becomes $100, all going to impact parents walking through the same highs and lows of parenting as you. All parents need a trusted community. All parents need a reminder that it's okay to be imperfect. All parents need Jesus. And as parents come to know and love Jesus more, so do their kids. Please consider giving today at cpgive.org. And thank you so much for your generosity. Support for Paradox comes from the Timothy Center, your online counseling center, no matter where you live. The Timothy Center is a faith-based counseling center in Austin, Texas, offering online teletherapy for those that live in Texas but outside the Austin area. If you have questions and would like to consult with Jimmy, Josh, or one of their licensed professionals, visit them at timothycenter.com. Recording live from Austin, Texas, powered by the Christian Parenting Podcast Network, a conversation about marriage and family that women will love and guys won't want to turn off. Doctors Jimmy Myers and Josh Myers are a paradox. Guys, welcome to the show. This is Paradox, and I am Dr. Joshua Myers. I'm Jimmy, and welcome to the show. And we are right in the middle of a series on the four horsemen of the marriage apocalypse. No, no, we're doing four episodes. Yes. So as soon as we finish today's, the second, then we'll be, then we'll be in the middle. In the middle. We're, we're starting the middle. We're currently in the quarter. Yeah. Uh, and so last time we talked about, we know the four horsemen are. Josh, give it to him. Hold on one second. Are you going to mention your weightlifting yep. wristbands that you're wearing? So it was a certain someone's birthday this week. and Not going to say who. Nope. And uh, I've gotten really into functional fitness. That's what we call it. You don't call it your wad or... Nope. Nope. Functional the, fitness. The box or CrossFit. And uh, another certain someone got this other certain someone 
There's a lot of certain <laughs> someones in this story. My brother-in-law, who also does CrossFit, he... Both um, of your brother-in-laws do CrossFit. Well, I have four brother-in-laws. That's true. Two on this side do CrossFit. Yes. He got me wristbands. And I just... Not just any kind of wristbands, because not like sweatbands that you wear on your wrist. I wadded yesterday. I won't wad again until Wednesday. So and what is a wad? Workout of the day. Okay. And uh, so I just want to wear them. Because mm-hmm. I'm not going to do it until tomorrow. Because <laughs> they're weightlifting wristbands. So my wrists are wrapped. Mm-hmm. I'm like a gymnast. Mm-hmm. So really, these a are 250 your... 250-pound gymnast. Your your podcasting wristbands. <laughs> it keeps keeps your wrist steady Thank as you, you talk. for allowing me to talk about it. Mm-hmm. So speaking of the four horsemen of the marriage apocalypse, they are... Give it to them, Josh. We got sex, mm-hmm. sexual intercourse. And we have children, mm-hmm. and we have in-laws, mm-hmm. and then we have money, greed. Money, 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 I mean money. Money, money. That was pretty good. I know. So those are the, and we say the marriage apocalypse, the four horsemen, because as a rule, it, it, most couples, if they're going to argue, they're going to argue about these four things. And years and years, decades in the counseling business would confirm this notion that most couples argue about these four things. One of them, three of them, two of them, but these are hot topics in most marriages. I had, and and so we did sex last week. We're going to talk about kids uh, and how couples argue about parenting. And I had a couple come in, and this was several years ago, and she was really mad. And when we did, uh, when wrote uh, toe-to-toe with your teen back in the day, uh, and it was specifically, you know, successfully parenting a defiant teen. My dissertation was actually on how raising an oppositional defiant teen impacts the marriage relationship. So through that study, we found that every couple except for one that participated in the research study, you had a very sort of angry wife because she felt that she's been left out on a limb and you had a very passive conflict avoidant husband. This was like the formula for uh, virtually all the couples that we would see that bring in oppositional defiant kids. Mom is trying to do it all on their own. Dad's trying to be their buddy, avoiding all conflict. And so this couple comes in and they fit the mold. That's who they are. Uh, she's always the bad cop and she's doing it all and he's leaving her out there to always do it alone while he just slinks in the back and says, well, you know, kids, your mother. And so we got in and after a while we started digging into why they view their parenting the way they do. And at one point when we were talking about his, where his, you know, conflict avoidant parenting, and it was all aspects of his life, but when it comes to discipline, he started crying. And he said, you know, I told you that I got those scars on my back when I did my stint in the army. And he says, that was my dad beating me with the buckle end of a belt. And as he was just sobbing, he said, I swore that I would never do that, be that with my kids. And she saw for the first time ever what was behind his passivity. Now, he just kind of, you know, went too far in the other direction. But you go, 
okay, well, that sheds some light on this. So their problem was certainly exacerbated. But when you when it comes to the four horsemen, many, 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 many couples uh, are going to argue mostly about mostly about discipline. If we're going to see what are we going to argue about with the kids, for the most part, it's going to be how we discipline them. And so it which brings the the first problem up is that we were raised differently, right? You come from a different household than your wife does. Yes. And have you fallen asleep? <laughs> I know what now, I'm I wanted saying to is talk about spellbounding yes. binding. Yes, I was almost asleep. I wanted to jump into solutions because you were talking about empathy and seeing from the other's points of view, but I'm like, no, no, we can't go there. Correct. And then when we couldn't go there, I was at a loss. I didn't mm. have anything to add. Because I have problems out the wazoo. Oh, really? That they were raised differently. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. just like everything else in our life, we, our, uh, the way we were, it's like getting married. Your, if you're a guy, your mother plays a role in who you marry. You either marry your mother or you marry the exact opposite of your mother. So, and it's kind of the same growing up. We tend to parent either the way we were parented or we intentionally say we will not parent that way. Which is interesting because I don't think people give that enough thought if we reject the our parents' parenting style, we don't want to be anything like them, but we don't give enough thought to the idea that that in and of itself, us rejecting and trying to be different, is our parents influencing us. Right. Uh, and I think that might make us uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. To think that we could have... Because we always say your parents influence you. Either you emulate them, yep. you reject them, or they just seep into you. And so... You you can't help it. Your parents seep into you unless, you know, you're just going to intentionally in every aspect reject who and what and why they were. The third problem is, is we look at the way our partner naturally, because for the most part, we don't do this. We don't think about, we're not intentional about what we're doing. We just get married and expect every day to be blissful. And we're, we're flummoxed when it's not blissful. And, you know, we don't work on how we're supposed to be married, work on how to have constructive disagreements and arguments. And we do the same with parenting. We're just going to pop out a kid and we're just going to parent blissfully and we're going to agree on everything. And when that doesn't happen, we are flummoxed that, that this is not going well. And so we look at the other person because they they see parenting priorities and all they see it differently than we do. And we see it as a right or wrong. They're wrong in the way they're parenting. And we're not saying you want to sell your child on the street. We're not talking about moral, ethical. We're just talking about different preferences. You know, you want to put too much of an emphasis on sports, you whatever, but we see it in terms of your parenting wrong. And we all know that if we come at each other in any way, wagging a finger, that is not going to go well. Well, and that is because our the most precious thing we have besides our spouse, amen? Mm-hmm. Amen. And the Lord Jesus, amen? Yeah, that would be the prime. Lord Jesus, then spouse, then all the children in the world, Gather together, hands and harmony. <laughs> Seeing a spirit of harmony and peace. We love inside jokes that no one else gets. I know. 
But if you want to laugh, this is Steve Martin's Saturday Night Live, his Christmas thing from the 70s. Anywho, they're our most important thing on the face of the earth. And if we see our spouse parenting wrong, mm-hmm. oh, we're going to fight about this. Because you're ruining. Is, yes, you're ruining my most precious possession. Yes. And again, I've kept wanting to go towards solutions, and this is empathy, right? Like, there's a reason why you feel so strongly and why you want to fight your spouse. Not that it makes it right. Mm-hmm. And maybe to put it a better way, there's a reason why your spouse does things that the he or she does and fights you like he or she does. And it comes from a very good place that we'll talk about in a second. Exactly. Because this all leads to... This concept of bipolar parenting, which is adversarial, right? Um, let's just take, for example, this what I was telling you about the the mom and then the very passive dad. You know, the mom will say, "Well, you know, you're like, you know, you're like a squid. Why don't you like grow a backbone?" So these kids will know right from wrong. And he's going, well, gosh, when was Hitler reincarnated? Because it's like you and the Gestapo in here and no one likes you. And here we go. And so now I'm going to parent. If I'm that dad and I think she's Hitler, I'm going to do everything I can to soften this horrible experience for my children. It's for their sake that I'm going to talk behind her back and let them get by with things because she's so harsh. Well, she sees him lily-livered and just trying to be the best friend of his children. So someone's got to draw a line. Someone's what is got- a, you said lily-livered and no backbone squid. Yeah. What's another way? This is amazing. You come up with two different ways to describe a passive father. You got any others in your back Let's pocket? See. Not that it matters. Squid, lily-livered. <laughs> nope. Nope, those are the two. Okay. Continue. I don't think there's another one. And so when you become adversarial and you're trying to make up for what you perceive to be the deficits in the other, you're just reinforcing what the other person thinks about you. And again, so now we're not on the same team. We're not on the same page. We are fighting against each other. And now your kid sees an opening. Bingo. And is going to go for that opening, creating more marital conflict. Yes. Either, the secret has yes. always been being on the same page yes. or listening and empathizing. Yes. Because your children are going to either exploit this to their advantage and don't even look at your phone or your earbuds and claim that they would not because they do. They're going to either exploit this or they're going to suffer from it. But either way, this is a no-win negative environment. So how do we stop? How do we get on the same page when it comes to disagreements about parenting solutions? You talk about differences, Um, differences in parenting. There's also differences in personalities. You guys have different days. One might have a great stress-free day. The other might have a very stressful day that creates tension that night when you're talking about parenting, right? There are just so many different differences Mm -hmm. that step one is accepting that and i would go further and say i think it's a good thing that there are differences in your home the lord planned for them to for you two to parent your children and differences can actually be celebrated and i believe your your kids are better for your differences 
And this isn't to say anything against single parents, because obviously the Lord is bigger than that situation. Mm-hmm. Your kids are going to be just fine. But because they have two different thought processes, two different ways of parenting, two different ways of discipline, it's going to help facilitate them to be more well-rounded. Well, yes. And for- Hold on. My, <laughs> my wrists are actually numb right now. Oh, I got it. Good <laughs> Lord. My, hand, my hands are numb. Uh, well, and they're slightly purple. <laughs> Why did you even do that? Okay. I'm getting getting feeling back in them. Well, your mother and I would always joke and say, you know, two of us combined makes one really good parent. Yes. And so you do. It's viva la difference. You want to to celebrate these differences instead of seeing them necessarily as something that's horrible. uh, See them as possibly, as you say, uh, they can be beneficial. And so, you know, inherent in this conversation is talking about it non-judgmentally. You're not shooting on each other. It's, you know, no, 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 you're violating my rule book in my head. No, you're different and you just bring something different to the table. So how do you come together? Yes, it's an acknowledgement of empathy and trying to see it through the other person, but then there's the practicality of it. And you know me, I am I'm a huge, huge fan of writing it down. Having a written agreement. You can call it house rules, you can call it whatever you want, but or a contract, which is the terminology we use in, in toe-to-toe. But you write it down. You actually get with your spouse and you actually talk about. And I know some of you go, well, this is just so stupid. We shouldn't have to do, mm, well, mm, I don't know. If, if, if arguing about kids is an issue, then yeah, it is worth taking the time to sit down and talk about what are our rights and wrongs, what makes our list. And then not only what makes our list of how our kids should, should what are expectations of them at home, what are expectations of them at school, all of that, but when they violate one of these expectations, what's the consequence of that? We talk about it in advance. So when it comes to it, this reminds me of James Chung. Hmm. I thought you were going to say Dobson. Nope, James Chung. Um, and he was, he's an amazing young man. Gosh, young man, he's probably in his 50s. Probably a long-time listener of the show. Probably. And we got... We got into an, a, an issue with him on one of the mission trips when I was a youth minister. and Back in the 70s. <clears throat> back in the day. De- no, not in the 70s. Mm. In the 80s and 90s. Huh. It was way off. And so we, you know, he violated something. And it was what happened with him and all the adults kind of gathered around going, Can you what believe you were an what adult in the 80s? No. And so we, we were like, well, what do we do? I don't know. Let's do this. Let's do this. And that began the process of, from then on, for the however many decade plus of youth ministry, any time we left town with a group of kids, kids and parents signed this behavioral agreement that there were two or three things that if you did those things, then you were sent home at the parents' expense and you would, you know, wouldn't be able to travel with the youth group for the next year. So 
and it was just this wonderful, wonderful thing. So, so, and we went overseas and we took kids to beaches and all, all over the place. And you never had trouble again. You had a lot of trouble, <laughs> but everyone knew what was coming down. Yeah. No one was confused anymore. It was just like, oh, this happened. Let's check the sheet. This is what's going to occur because of that. And everybody knew. And so implementing something like that in your family can be really beneficial. But not that it stops kids from being kids, no, but it helps you all be not. on the same page. Yeah, it's just what you're going to do about it. And, and you, when, you, when you talk about this and you try to determine your right and wrongs and what the consequences, you negotiate that so that it's not as harsh as maybe one parent would want to be. It's not as lenient as one parent might want it to be. Because you know you negotiated well if both sides don't like what was agreed upon. Because you had to give up something to go there. And so making sure that you've negotiated, you're okay with it, the other spouse is okay with it. And making sure that when it comes to discipline anyway, there is no good cop, bad cop scenario that never changes. That you need to make sure you, and here's the word again, intentionally you have someone, okay, I'm, I'm going to discipline here. Uh, hold that. I would like to talk to them about this. So you don't have one parent that brings the heat and the other parent that is, that's the good guy. You have to intentionally make sure you speak with one voice. And I think an agreement like this and one that's actually put on paper is an, is an, is an extremely effective tool in accomplishing that. Part of the acceptance uh, number one rule that I talked about earlier and actually realizing that your differences, accepting the differences and that it's a good thing. Part of that for me and part of the solution is to realize that your sp spouse has a brain. I think we struggle when we have parental differences to understand that our spouse is actually thinking through this and they just happen to see it differently. Mm -hmm. We think that they must not be thinking through it or they must not be intelligent and they can't have a brain or they would see it like I do. Mm -hmm. And that's just not true. Mm -hmm. The, the example you gave at the very beginning of the show with the wife finally realizing that for the husband, it's his childhood abuse that made him into a passive father. And that was like, oh, you mean he wasn't yeah, okay. just taking out his brain and playing with it when we had yeah. when we were parenting our kids. He was actually using his brain and just coming to a different conclusion. Mm -hmm. I think that's really important to realize that you married a spouse that is intelligent and that he or she wants the best for your children as well. That you're just coming to a different conclusion. Mm -hmm. And then not going with one of either solution, right? Not going with, to your point, the more lenient or the more... Um, kind of hard-nosed parent, uh, but finding y'all's together's truth uh, in how best to parent your um, kids is essential. And it just takes talk. It takes talk. It takes intentionality. Uh, and my whole deal is, mm, and a pen and paper. And it takes a lot of therapy. Lots and lots of therapy at lots the Timothy Center. Lots of therapy. There's lots of money spent. And reading books like Toe-to-Toe -to -toe with your team. <laughs> Where you can get to where any books are sold. If you want more information about this episode or anything previous, it is paradoxpodcast.com. You can also go to christianparenting.org slash paradox. We appreciate you for listening. We would love if you reviewed and shared the show. Uh, we hope you have a good rest of your week. Thank you. For more 
more information about the voice of the Paradox podcast, Julie Lyles Carr, go to julielylescar.com. And if you want more details about what was discussed on today's show and find the archive of all our past shows, go to paradoxpodcast.com. <laughs>